Hey everybody, welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way with their faith in this current culture. Yep, yep. We are your hosts, Terry and Zach. Zach Shopback. You know who we are. What's up? Well, let's get right into this. So we are going to dig into this uh, topic of what is authentic Christianity. Yeah. And the first idea you had was that it was gospel-centered. That if our... That our lives are gospel-centered. That our lives are gospel-centered. Right. So, wow. So what does that even mean? Mm. What does it mean to be gospel-centered? Like, do we have to define the gospel first? It wouldn't be a bad idea. So when I, when I say, <laughs> Zach, your life is really gospel-centered, what, what is the gospel to you? Is your life gospel-centered? Like, are people well, going to look at you see, and say, this is, man, I just see the gospel coming through in Zach. It's a tough one because I guess, no, I would never really have described myself as, as people being like, Zach equals gospel. So, Zach, how can you be Who in your life would you describe that way, that though? people like, aren't living you, an authentic Christian life, do you have and any, you're immediately going, I don't even have the saying. gospel in the center that's of my life. Saying. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm not saying I don't have the gospel in the center of my life. <laughs> This is great, um, but right off the bat, who would you describe that way? I don't know. There's people. It's a weird way to describe somebody, right? Is what it is, though? Because it... to me, like the gospel to be, to be gospel centered means that like I encompass all that is in the gospel. Well, like heck no, I'm not going to be good at all that stuff at eight thirty. So it's like at, obviously did you say at thirty or at eight thirty at thirty. <laughs> So it's like, uh, I just got up. I feel like I have a long way to go and I always will probably feel that way. And so it's like, can I ever feel like I'm gospel centered? There's two ways to word that though. Like, oh, see, now I'm getting confused by my own wording. Gospel centered. <clears throat> your it makes life it really hard focused for you to on sit. the gospel. Right. That's different than, um, are you best described as the God as being as equaling the gospel. You know what I mean? Like, but don't people, don't people that, okay, the people I know that are gospel centered, people will say to them, there's something different about you. It's right. not that you're weird. There's something right. Or like, wh- what is well, different I think in the your simple life? Way to describe it is just the fruits of the spirit. And that they're just, right. they're just, there's at least evidence of them all, or there's evidence of like, um, a journey to them all. Like, you know what I mean? You at least have like a path or a, what's the word I'm looking for. You're at least trying to be them all. So you are saying that a gospel centered life shows evidence of the Holy spirit filling that life. <clears throat> and the to Holy dumb it spirit, down even more, the Holy I spirit is a, the spirit of Jesus. I think so. a gospel centered life is, is a non me centered life. Okay. <clears throat> That's where I would start. Where would you, where, where are you getting this? Like, do you have a, a Bible verse or a tenant that you're, you're drawing from? Are you sure. seeing people whose lives you look at and you're like, you go to church, but there's no Jesus in you? Are you, you don't go to church and there's no Jesus in you? Like, what isn't, how do we get gospel centered life as being like, 
an authentic Christian lives with Jesus in the center of their life. Like the, the death, the birth, death, and resurrection in Jesus influences everything they do. Well, like to me, it's just like, what's the opposite of, of being like gospel centered or Jesus centered. Right. And like, that would be being selfish and like focused on myself. And so it's like, like the very least I can be not that to start. You know what I mean? So like, um, I think the easiest way for someone else to, and I'm going to use the word judge, and I know people are going to be twitching in their chair because I used the word judge in the 2020s, but for someone else to judge um, the validity of God in my life, or like to, you know what I mean? We use the word authentic. So the authenticity. To judge my authenticity of, of my faith. Right. So you're not be, a hypocrite. You're not a faker. You're not someone who's just playing right, a role. Would be to examine the fruits of the spirit in my life and the visible outward outcome of those things. Right. And so, um, I think we often, especially now in culture, try to hide that. Like we are so focused on showing other people, um, how perfect our lives are and how amazing our lives are and how right our lives are through social media that we don't really show them who we actually are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. What, what are you springboarding off of here? What do you mean? You look like you have a Bible verse there. <laughs> yeah, there's Second Corinthians. Okay. <clears throat> 4, 7 to 10. Um, now we have this treasure in clay jars. So let this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body, so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. And I guess that's where I kind of like the fruits of the Spirit like have to be evident in your life. Um, the, the fruit, the fruit being um, the fruit of what God is doing in my life is the only way someone will know that I'm being continually transformed. Is the evidence of sanctification. Well, but that's really desiring a works-based evidence. You're saying the only no. way to know is to see the works I do. No, How does I'm that saying not if lead there's to sanctification works? in my life, it'll be, it will be obvious through the fruit of my life. The fruit in my life. No? Okay, so you're not saying it's what, you're not looking for, look how much I give, look at where I'm volunteering, look at what I'm doing. You're saying mm. that if, you, if I'm living an authentic life that's centered on Christ, that, that, is, that is allowing Jesus to be my center, right? Jesus-centered, gospel-centered, then you will see love and joy and peace. You'll see patience and kindness. You'll see that uh, forgiveness, that faithfulness, that gentleness that comes from the yeah, fruit like, of the Spirit. If my life is centered on the gospel, then like one year from now and one year from then and one year from then, there should be an obvious transformation of the gospel in my life. <clears throat> and that somebody can see that, like the fruit of, what's, the fruit of that transformation. 
right, in my life. Hmm. But then how do we, how do we balance that in a culture that's so driven by consuming and idolatry? Mm-hmm. Like even our churches are driven by production and uh, the experience. What happens when I get on, like, onto the membership role, or what happens when I yeah. come in the front door? Who's greeting? What well, happens like, when someone's trying to park? Like this whole thing is like none of that has anything. To, it's all about crafting an experience. It's not about. That you're, getting see like, Jesus you're getting into me. the church stuff here, but like, well, I know, but that's isn't this okay, coming back to this? Okay. So, the true authenticity, okay. Um, to to for someone to see true authentic, <clears throat> authentic faith in your life, there has to be an element of like struggle and brokenness that they see. And so, when we constantly portray this perfect life through like social media or just like a appearance that we put on for people, a, a, a constant like attitude or face mask that we put on for people. Um, we're not letting them see that, like the actual work of transformation of the gospel in our life. But to actually see like the transformation of the gospel in someone's life, you will like you should see, and whether they let you or not, you should be. Um, there should be brokenness and change. There should be there should be transformation and and struggle and um and transformation through that struggle. Well, that that passage you read to me says there should also be persecution. That what I'm doing right. should offend my neighbor. Which one? The one I read? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're crushed. We're persecuted. We're broken. We're not. So that, so that the, the life of Jesus lives in the death of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet, so we don't see that. That living, living out of a spirit of, of loss. Yeah. So I guess to, to tie this all together, what I'm saying is like, Maybe it's like better worded and like we don't know how to be vulnerable with each other, but I don't even think we know how to be vulnerable. You're saying here that it has to be the fruit of the spirit and I'm not focused on myself. Mm-hmm. That if I'm not focused on myself, does that mean that I should be stressing about saving for a house, buying a car? Where do I go to school? Does any of that matter? Like, are we, if I'm truly gospel centered, if I'm really Jesus focused, do I need to worry about that kind of stuff? Right. Like, does my authenticity show by my lack of worry? My, or am I, or now am I just being irresponsible with the gifts that God has given me? Right. Because he's given me, like, I have an ability to learn. I, I would throw that away if I don't pursue the passion he's put on my heart to go and and learn English and study English and become an English teacher or to. Right. Or is that to like, part of being well, Jesus part of this, as well as knowing who I am? A big part of this. Without like, focusing on myself. A big part of this gospel centered, not me centered <clears> thing <throat> is like really ties into the one we're doing last. <laughs> so I'm trying not to push into that one too much, but I mentioned maybe it was in the trailer, not today, but um, I mentioned that like, it's hard to know what truth is right now because there's this whole like, you know, law versus my law, <laughs> what I think is right, what, what the world says is right, what the Bible says is right. And so I think we get so caught up in like 
a showing that our lives are are good or right or awesome or perfect um that we then don't even show our struggles and our um the battles that we're going through or things that we might need to be transformed through but then to further that even one more not only do i think we're struggling we're, we're failing to show those things i think we're failing to have those things i that's what i see in 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 our world right now is that people aren't even admitting that they have brokenness they aren't even admitting that they have struggles because it's just like there's such a sense of like what i think is right is right mm. there's there's no sense of absolute truth there's no, no sense of like this greater there is things that are right and wrong. And so like what I want to do with my life is what I want to do with my life. And it is right. And I can justify, I can justify anything I want to do because it's all about me. And are you saying that people are living their own truth? Yes. It's my truth. My truth defines me. My, I define myself from my inner feeling, whether that's my gender or my career or my desire for, but an authentic faith would say that, if we're gospel-centered, there should be transformation in our lives. Therefore, there must be some sort of brokenness that needs to be transformed. And if we're not only if we're not willing to only, not even willing to show it, but not even willing to admit there is any, then how can you be have a gospel-centered life if there is no transformation? Like we know for a fact, nobody like is gonna ever get there. So it's not like we've we've gotten there and our lives are good to go. There's always more to chip away at and more to transform, right? So if you're not show, if there's no evidence of transformation in your life, then you don't have a gospel-centered life. Okay. And in order what, to have that evidence, you have to admit that there's brokenness and struggle and sin in your life. So then what if I say, okay, I am fully broken. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to swear and drink and just pursue my own brokenness. So that God can be more authentic in my life. Well, like you're I'm just, just hardening gonna... your heart towards the transformation of God. At least you're admitting there is brokenness. But, but then, then the so next step okay. is to admit that there. No, the next step is to to desire that God has is changing your life. Again, this is going to get into what we're talking about fourth, and maybe we should just not, and we should just have this be the first topic. I think there's more <laughs> to say about transformation. Sure, there is, but it's just an interesting thing that that to be authentic. In who I am, yeah, means that I need to define myself through the lens of Jesus in my. Well, yeah, authentic. What you said was something weird. There, said authentic in who I am, but that's an interesting sentence in today's world of who I am, as if we're born a certain way and we have to be true to ourselves. Cast off yourself. Cast off your old self. You're not supposed right. to be of your own nature and of your own mind. Right. That's not the point. You were born broken. You were born a mess. You weren't born good. Right. So you we're, we're born supposed to wrong. present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Yes. Right. This is the, um, oh, what is like, this is the funny thing. Like I have to lose my life to gain it. Mm-hmm. That if I hold on to my life, if I hold on to me, I lose my life. Yeah. Right. Jesus said, Take up your cross. Like to die to yourself yeah. is to find life in me. I am the and so life. So to say, to be true to who I am should be to say, be true to who God is in me, right? Who I am in God. 
There's not, it's not just who I am, period. It's who I am in God. But there's still a knowing of myself, like the passions, the, the purposes, like that gives me purpose. God, Jesus in me gives me purpose. But then I've been given passions and desires that are unique to me and you have. Yeah. But if right? we, if we lose those connect, the connections that those have to Jesus, they'll, they'll be meaningless in our life eventually. Right. So they're gifts from God. Yeah. Is what you're saying. It's this idea that. Um, those are truly talents. They're truly gifts from God. The only true, meaningful, lasting purpose we have in this life is in God. Every other single one will fade. And that's what it means to be authentically Christ-centered, gospel-centered. I guess, not that that has any practical help to anybody at this point, but like, yeah, it's just like, so I guess what, what I would come back to then is like, if gospel is at the center of your life, meaning the fruits of the Spirit, Jesus, God, is at the center of your life, then you will be constantly being transformed to be like that. And if you're not, it's either because you have no willingness to be that, to change, or because you don't believe that you have brokenness or sin in your life. Right? And if, like, I think that's one of the best ways to examine it is like in one year, how will someone see the gospel in my life? If they see me today and, and we talk for, we hang out for a week and I see them in 12 months and we talk and we hang out for a week, how will they see that the gospel has changed my life? Does it have to be a what, drastic what, change? Can it no, be a one what, degree change? Yeah, one like, degree. That's all he's asking for. Yeah. Is is, what a, fruit of the spirit can they notice more of me, more in me? Yeah. Which is to say, which, what part, what of the gospel can they see more in me? What of Jesus and God can they see more in me? Right? How, how do you answer that question? Like, how often do you ask yourself that question? Uh, this would be the first time. Okay. No, I just, like, we, we started this off saying, like, yeah. I don't know if I define my, you, you started this off saying, you don't know if you define yourself as a gospel-centered, like, well, that's I just a really a interesting title, but like, but but are you asking that question of yourself? Like if if I look at Zach, January twenty twenty two, yeah, and I look at Zach January twenty twenty three, do I see where Jesus has has moved? Well, I Zach? think I think that for me, having kids is going to make that a whole lot easier. Like right or wrong, I don't know. But watching them develop is like, crazy. Yeah, being a parent has made me change in ways that are inclusive of the fruits of the spirit very easily now i do think that like prior to that i was still i was always like looking for ways to improve the fruit of the spirit especially the ones that i lacked um yeah but your ability to admit brokenness and be vulnerable that you talked about how we really struggle as christians to do that as, yeah. as a community to do that that would be something that would stem from Zach, I met eight years ago. Right. Yep. Really would have struggled to be vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That would still be an issue for me. But like the very, again, this like part of that is like you have to do that someone outwardly, but you also at the very least have to do it inwardly. Right. If you're doing it inwardly, you should, there should at least then be an outward expression of that it's going to it's going to manifest into your life like 
fruits of the spirit aren't um, dormant. They change your behavior. They change how you live your life. So it's, there should have been, and maybe it's one degree change, but there should be change, right? There should be evidence. I don't think we're going to do the fourth week now. Like, this is all part of that. So I think there's still more to say. Maybe, but. Um, <laughs> I think we have stayed pretty on topic with okay. gospel centered. Yeah. Like if the gospel is in your life, that will, that will cause change in your life. Like that should cause change in your life because it will cause you to see brokenness. Um, should be causing you to see brokenness and, and change that brokenness. I think these four topics are going to really interact with one yeah. another. Yeah. You can't have Jesus at the center of your life and not be changed. Yeah. To, well, to that's say, well, I'm going generally... to follow Jesus, but then I need to become like him. Yeah. And, and you can't say I'm going to be like Jesus and not be sincere, not have yeah. like, I can't doubt. I can have doubts, but I need to know that there isn't truth. I have to have that faith that pushes me through yeah. to be genuine and vulnerable. And all of that is going to interact with the fact that I have to be humble. It's not yeah. about me. I guess that's where I just feel like, I guess I just find this like hurting right now when I look around and I see so many people and their decisions in their life, I feel are like these morally um, compromising decisions and they make them and justify them because of how they feel. And there's no um, regard for what their faith may say in there. And so then it's like, if I look at your life year over year, I don't see fruits of the spirit growing necessarily. I almost see them shrinking. Yeah, I see that. I also see people picking and choosing what fruits they want. But then I also see that, right? yeah. Like, then I see love certain is great, fruits but I don't need largely, to have but... patience. Or I, I really want to have, right? Paul, Self. this fruit of the Spirit is like the summary of Galatians 5. And the whole point of Galatians 5 is like, don't be like this. Yeah. Like, live worthy of the call that God put on your life. Live for the fact that Jesus died for you. You've been forgiven so much. Stop living like you have not been forgiven. Stop living like you were. Yeah. I think people often forget self-control right. is a uh, fruit of the spirit. Oh, it's a huge one. Nobody wants to have self-control. They want to get drunk. They want to, yeah. have, we want to have a party. We want to, let's just have fun. And I'm all for having fun. I think camp should be fun. I think it's one of the primary values sure. we have here. We should be fun. My job should be fun. I like fun is one of the things that rules my life, but it's not the only thing that I pursue. Self-control needs to be first. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's times where I get carried away and I'll say something thinking I'm being funny mm -hmm. and immediately I need to apologize because that was offside. Like, that's not funny. That's just wrong. Mm -hmm. And it, it's my, my yeah. pursuit has, has led me to a place where it's not good because it was all about me. It wasn't Christ centered. It wasn't authentic at all. It was authentically, you know, Terry in the flesh, mm -hmm. <laughs> not Terry in Christ that was speaking at that moment. Or, yeah, I think when you start to get through, um, the letters of Paul really do amplify teaching of Jesus and Jesus is really amplifying the teachings he's grown up on, which is the old Testament, right? Th uh -huh. That the old Testament says, love your neighbor. And he's like, well, this is, this is what it means to love your neighbor. It doesn't mean that you love other, other 
Jews it, it, to the Jewish people, or it doesn't mean that other Christians, you love other Christians. It means yeah. you love the people that are unlovable. Right. Right. You can't sit here and say like, well, my struggle is being vulnerable, but that doesn't really hurt people. Your struggle is, is drunkenness. And I haven't seen any change in that in your life in eight years. And you're like, well, I haven't seen you be more vulnerable in eight years. If they're both part of being authentically following Jesus, then we both need to change together. Yeah. How do we do that? How do we, how do we, how do we help each other without judging each other? How do we say, Hey, how are you? Maybe that's the question. How are you growing more like Jesus today, this year, this decade? Yeah. Maybe it's a slow process and it's like, Hey, how are you doing this decade? I think a big part of it has to come from like within yourself too. Like if we can get together and I can admit to you my brokenness and where the transformation needs to happen, then you don't need to point it out to me. Hmm. Right. You can just help me along in that path. <laughs> the problem becomes when I'm unwilling to or unable to point it out in my own life. And I just put up walls and harden my heart so that I never can do that. Right. That's when the trouble sets in. And then you got, then you have this whole thing of like, well, as a brother or sister in Christ, like, isn't my duty to do that with somebody? And I think we really are scared to do that nowadays because of, of judgment. And it's like, I think the intention at least around doing that is like, you're doing this for somebody because you genuinely care about their soul and you don't want them to, um, to suffer and you don't want them to like, to not transform towards God is to, um, that like it's damaging their relationship with him if they're, if they're living in a sin. Right. And so, um, you care so much about their soul that you don't want them to have a, a their relationship with God to be hurting. So you're like, Oh, come on, like, please, please like see this with me. See that you're like hurting the mm-hmm. most valuable thing that you can have in this world. And so this really is, we've lost one, the ability, right? I think to like maybe do that, or we've, we've lost the ability to hear that that way. That's how I think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's in how it's being said. Maybe in some cases, some cases it's awful. Sure. And it can always be said probably better, but like, how are we choosing to hear it? Right. Right. Because. Yeah. We would get pretty defensive really fast. Yeah. Because dare, at the end of the day is somebody. How can you. What is this? somebody gaining by telling you that? Nothing. No. They're not gaining anything. If there's someone you care about, they're not gaining anything by telling you this. Like, what are they like? Does it bring them personal satisfaction to tell you where you're failing? Like nobody who's actually a true friend to you is gaining anything by telling you that. So regardless of how hard it might be to hear, how poorly they decide to say it, if you choose to hear it the right way, that's all that matters. And you're going to hear it that way every time. But if we choose to hear it the wrong way, if we choose to care about the words and the tone that they use and not the like content of what they're saying, right? And the like right. heart behind it. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important. We need to be willing to be, uh, this is authentic Christianity. This is what we're talking about here. We need to be authentic with one another. Yeah. We need to be real with each other to speak those tough things, to speak the good things. I think we're really, we're also really slow to say good things to one another. Yeah. Like, man, I'm really seeing this in your life. You, you know, keep going. Do more of this. This is really good. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't encourage one another or praise each other that way either. 
Yeah. But it is really like I was going to say it's really step one, right? Like you need to have Jesus in your life. So whether we're Christians and we're authentically in Christ, whether our friends are non-Christians, they need Jesus in their life. Mm. Stop worrying about how they're moving towards Jesus and being changed. They need Jesus in their life. They need him at the center and not themselves. They need to see that their identity comes from him, that to, to die to myself is to live in Christ, to, to gain myself. Yeah. And, and if we can do that, that's step one. This is why I think this is where I wanted to start with this. For me, when you, you mentioned this to me, I'm like, yeah, that's where we need to start. It has to start with Jesus. Right. It has to be gospel-centered. To let him as Lord of your life means that the Holy Spirit's in you, and he's going to start producing new fruit. But we get so caught up on like, well, you got to stop doing X, Y, or Z first, right? Or it used to be like, man, years ago we had the wordless book and it was all about like you're, you had a black heart. You needed it washed clean so you could be with Jesus in heaven. Like, mm. was, like where is that even coming from? Yeah. It's, it's very clear that you just, you don't have God in your life. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be in your life because he made you with that, that, in, that, uh, that need for relationship. Yeah. And this will fill that missing need in yeah. your identity to belong because he, it's for him. And that relationship will, will grow in you and it'll change you. And then as you're, as you give him your life, then that's where it needs to be centered for us too, right? Yeah. That, that if our relationship with God is right, then our relationship with you and me will be okay. But it's going to lead to persecution. It's going to lead to, you know, things that, that aren't popular. Yeah. Do you think there's, uh, is there nine or 12 for the spirit? Nine is usually what is, like if you're going from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, there's usually nine listed nine. there. Yeah. Wondering. Two different the message thoughts there. Replace the word goodness. I always wrestle with that. With what? That stupid word goodness, right? Yeah. What does it How mean? How does he define it? This is awful. Are we just going to have dead air while you look up the oh, no. definition of goodness? I'll just or? chat to myself while I change <laughs> versions of my Bible. Um, I think it was the message I was reading. That he said changes it. goodness to something else. Uh, he brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, right? Love, joy, peace. We develop a willingness to stick with things, perseverance. A sense of compassion in the heart and conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Goodness, that people are made in God's image. They're genuinely good. But we are really quick to condemn people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, faithfulness, not needing to force our way in life, gentleness, and able to marshal and direct our energies wisely, self-control. Like seeing that things are made and people are made in God's image, they are genuinely good. Yeah. Without having to define what makes them good. 
Another word on Google is virtuous. Virtuous. Which I don't love. No, this is an interesting sounds one, neat to say. Another definition virtuous. of goodness would be the beneficial or nourishing element of food. Which I really kind of like that term when talking about the fruits of the spirit. That it's food. Well, no, that it's the beneficial or nourishing element that is in food. Oh, yeah. Right? That we can be the, the nourishing part of... That's the nourishing piece, right? Like, that's kind of neat. Nourishment to the world. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, we should be that. Right? Dang, we are not. But Google's amazing. What a tool. Oh, Google, what a tool. <laughs> Don't, you just call Google a tool. Yeah, well, it is. So. Oh, okay. Anything else well, for today? Or no, we, that's good. That's a, pretty I think much banged pretty, it out right there. We exhausted that topic. <laughs> I'm excited to dig in the next couple because I think when we get to humility, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I'm excited to, to question that because I, I'm quite an ambitious person. Mm. I think it comes from being, well, yeah, we'll conversation. We'll get there. All right. Thanks, I'll everyone. I'll you uh, nonstop and make you feel horrible. Okay. You ready? I'm excited for that. Yeah. Let's All do righty. it. Thanks. <laughs> okay.